Welcome to the Marvel Essential Technology Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Benuelos. On today's episode, I discuss what fabric are you planning on using for your NVMe storage area network with Todd Owens, field marketing director. Hear insights from Todd on his career, significant changes within the storage industry, and what solutions Marvel offers in providing optionality around NVMe over fabric. Todd, you know, I remember having a conversation with you a while back and you were talking about uh, how there has been so many significant changes over the last 30 years, specifically in the storage industry. Why don't you give our listeners today just a brief introduction of your career and how you got started? The, the cool thing is I've been in the storage business pretty much all my career. Mm-hmm. And here at Marvell today, um, I'm focused on uh, driving education, awareness, and demand for our products and technology to uh, a specific OEM customer that we have, Hewlett Packard Enterprise. The reason for that is I worked for that company for about 20 years. So Mm -hmm. I have a lot of uh, connections within uh, HPE and uh, I kind of know how they work and operate and I can help them sell more of our technology in their products and solutions as a result of that, you know, that, that experience that I have mm-hmm. um, here at Marvell, it's, it's a, a great organization to work with because I get exposed to a lot of different business units because we're trying to deploy a lot of different technology into HPE. And I get to work across a lot of different organizations within um, Marvell itself because I rely on other people within the organization like our corporate marketing teams for a lot of the the, the um, back-end support that we need to actually market our products and technology to and through our customers. Todd, going back to the beginning of your career, what's a really interesting story that sticks out to you? Ford Aerospace was my first uh, real job. And uh, I worked on a thing called uh, an HPE 1000. And to uh, to replace the disk drive, it took two of us to lift the disk out of the the big, it was honest to goodness, <laughs> like a washing machine or, or, you know, you had to pull this drawer out and then you take this big thing. The disks were probably, uh, I want to say, uh, probably 32 inches in diameter. And there were these, they were called platters back then. And you had six, eight, 10 platters in each one of these assemblies. Um, and it stored a whopping, I think, uh, 50 megabytes of uh, storage or something like that. You know, okay. and now, now we're looking at terabyte thumb drives that we have. So it's been a pretty interesting ride and in, in where the technology has, gone, has come from and where it is today. Todd, I think you could provide our listeners with a very interesting perspective in that describing what the storage industry was like 30 years ago. What was that environment like? I started uh, as an aerospace engineer in the early 80s. In the late 80s, I moved into the the computer business and started in the storage group at Hewlett Packard. And at that time, we had a lot of proprietary interfaces um, for storage. So the storage devices were big as your washing machine. They didn't store very much. You've got more storage on your iPhone today than you could fill a room full of storage devices back then. But everything was kind of proprietary. And then in the in the um, in the middle of the eighties, this thing called SCSI was developed, and it started to become mainstream early in uh, well in the late eighties and really in the early nineties. And SCSI, small computer system interface, became the standard for uh, connecting. Uh, a computer or a server 
to an external peripheral. And I say peripheral because it wasn't just disk drives like we think of today. Uh, back then, you could connect that, that computer to uh, a scanner, a printer, a tape drive, or a disk drive. And um, over time, this, this concept of client-server computing came into being in the early 90s, and that precipitated the need for multiple servers to talk to the same peripheral, primarily um, tape drives, because we were doing backup. You know, you say, yeah, it's just like we do today. That hasn't changed. You've got a whole bunch of devices that have critical information on them, and you want to copy that and save it away in case something gets destroyed and you can you can rebuild it. So back then you had all these um, these, these uh, need for external storage connected to these servers and uh, primarily driven by backup. But then people decided, hey, I can connect disk drives and I can save the amount of storage I have. And so SCSI was the big deal. That's the protocol. And then you had um, basically a transport. How do you, how do you transport that protocol across a wire to those storage devices? And back then, Fiber Channel was developed specifically for that. It was purpose built to connect servers to shared storage devices. So that was, you know, the nineties. And then in the middle of the nineties, a thing people decided, you know, we got these other wires running around the lab, these ethernet things that connect all of our computers together. And uh, people said, why can't we do this with Ethernet? So iSCSI came along. Uh, They called it Internet SCSI. And it was based on running SCSI commands over the Ethernet protocol. Um, And that was done primarily because you had a lot of people in the IT department who knew all about Ethernet. Um, it wasn't a mystery because it connected everything together, right? That's how we connect to the, the World Wide Web, right? The Fiber Channel tended to be sort of a, a, a science fiction movie. You had to have special skills and things to, to make it work. And um, But over time, that's all moved. So if we, if we move to just maybe five years ago, the Fiber Channel industry had started, you know, they keep bumping speeds up you know, with bandwidth, but they also started making significant improvements in manageability and uh, how you set up and configure um, the environment. And fundamentally, the fiber channel guys had made their um, infrastructure as simple to set up as anything you would do with Ethernet. In fact, in many cases, it's actually easier. And then the, the you had the continued development of iSCSI and higher bandwidths, you know, 10 gig, 25 gig, et cetera. You know, Todd, one of the things I think could be helpful is to understand what exactly SCSI is. Could you give us a brief description? So SCSI is a language, if you will, that allows a a host system, which is referred to as an initiator, to talk to a peripheral, um, today primarily disk drives, and send commands like, I want to read from a particular portion of that drive or I want to write to a particular portion of that drive. It's a command set that is very prescriptive in terms of has headers and payloads and error correction coding and all kinds of good stuff in it. But just think of it as a language Mm -hmm. um, on how compute devices, servers talk to storage devices. What are some of the trends that are happening in the industry? The other thing that's happened in the industry is the advent of uh, solid state storage or SSDs, we call them, right? That's not something that's new. We, we've got those uh, in our laptops, 
They're now prevalent in servers, and we're seeing them in storage arrays. Well, in that precipitated the need for a new protocol called NVMe or uh, Non-Volatile Memory Express. Um, and that's used inside your, your laptop, that's used inside your server to talk to these really high-speed, you know, solid-state uh, drives, these SSDs. Um, where we are today is people want to take advantage of that high-performance storage and be able to connect to it over a network. And that's created this thing called NVMe over fabrics. And that's kind of the big buzz in the industry today that, that uh, Marvell's playing a major role in. What are some of the current pain points that storage administrators are experiencing as they transition to the latest generation of storage technologies? Well, you know, um, the thing that makes me really happy is solving people's problems, right? So if I can make somebody else's life a little bit better, that's a good day for Todd. And, you know, when you look at some of this technology that we have here at Marvell, it actually does that. It helps people solve problems. And so when you look at the, um, the connectivity technology we're talking about here, um, the storage administrators and the system administrators, they kind of share the same pain points. And it's not necessarily new pain points because of all this new technology. It's kind of the same pain points they've always had. Uh, centers around a couple of things. One is compatibility and manageability. They really want whatever they deploy, the latest and greatest stuff, they want it to work in their existing environment. It's like if you were going to go buy a new car, mm -hmm. but oh, by the way, it doesn't work on the road in front of your house. You have to go to the special road to use it like it's a NASCAR <laughs> and you got to run it on a track. It's mm -hmm. like, eh, maybe that's not as, exactly what I'm looking for. They want the standard stuff that they have today to work with the new stuff that's coming in tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, they also need an ecosystem. Right. The, the new technologies have to work with an operating system. They have to work with the, the infrastructure they have today and they have to work with storage devices. Right. So all of those things have to line up before any of this stuff becomes of value to those administrators. Um, and they need to work as seamlessly as possible. They need to coexist with their existing environment. You know, if you were to go out and, and, and buy something new and say, well, by the way, you have to throw out all this old stuff if you're going to bring this new stuff in. Mm -hmm. And probably not, you know, good on the old return on investment calculator, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so, so you know, it's got the things have to work. And and the beautiful thing about what the industry is doing and what Marvell specifically is doing uh, in this area of connectivity is that these new protocols, and, and I mentioned uh, NVMe uh, over Rocky uh, fiber channel, NVMe over fiber channel, and NVMe over TCP. These are the three protocols that are the next generation that are going to be replacing SCSI and moving that NVMe protocol outside of the server into the network. The, what we're doing in that space, all of these are going to interoperate with the existing environment. So the, the cool thing is our FC NVMe solutions with our QLogic fiber channel HPAs, they actually have drivers today. There's a single driver that works with both SCSI and NVMe, and it allows you to, to have these new NVMe native storage devices and your legacy SCSI devices 
on the same storage area network. And that's really important to these administrators. It seems like there's a variety of options around NVMe over Fabric. Can you talk about the pros and cons of each approach? And Todd, what what options serve networks best? Well, that's a great question. And I got an easy answer for you on the last part of that is the answer is it depends. It depends on the customer environment, but I'll I'll address that here in just a second. Let's go through the three different um, uh, protocols for this, um, you know, NVMe over Fabric environment. The first is NVMe over Rocky. Now, Rocky stands for RDMA over converged Ethernet. Now, that converged Ethernet is kind of a a unique little um, identifier. It's a special kind of Ethernet. It's not necessarily compatible with the network you and I are running on right now, which is a standard TCP IP network. NVMe over Rocky or Rocky itself requires this converged Ethernet, which is also known as a lossless Ethernet. And that means it needs to be a special Ethernet network with special capabilities. Um, There are a bunch of fancy three-letter acronyms like DCB for data center bridging and a whole bunch of other good stuff. But let's suffice it to say, you have to build a super highway Ethernet network for this NVMe over Rocky to work on. And that means there's extra steps as a network administrator you have to take. um, And it doesn't scale as much as a standard Ethernet network that runs on TCP does. So um, one of the, you know, comparing uh, NVMe over Rocky to what we do today, you're going to have a special network set up. It's going to be a little bit more complex maybe than what you're using today. And it's only going to scale probably within a rack of servers. It's probably not going to scale across your data center. But the reason NVMe over Rocky is talked about today is because it is absolutely the lowest latency um, of the three protocols we're going to talk about. So if you really need the high, absolute highest performance between a server or a cluster of servers and a particular storage device, man, this is the, this is the protocol for you. Okay. So that's why I said it depends. If mm-hmm. your number one priority is performance, NVMe over Rocky is is probably the way to go. It's going to cost you a little bit in terms of manageability and scalability, but it's going to give you great performance. The other one that's uh, uh, available today and has a has probably the most robust ecosystem is in fiber channel over NVMe or FC NVMe as we call it. Now it's got a very mature ecosystem. It's supported by VMware, Linux, Windows today. All the tier one guys support FC NVMe. Um, there's a plethora of uh, storage uh, vendors out there that have FC NVMe native arrays and all of the HPAs and fiber channel switches and directors that you need to connect all those things together, they already support FC and VME. So it's very mature. Um, and the cool thing is for those customers who are using fiber channel today, it's an absolutely seamless transition to move to FC and VME. I mentioned earlier, the drivers we have here at Marvell for our QLogic HPAs they are um, universal drivers. They support both SCSI and NVMe. So the same adapter you're using today to connect to your SCSI-based storage will, in fact, connect to these new NVMe storage devices. So the the third protocol that uh, people are talking about in this NVMe over fabric world is the kind of the new kit on the block. Now, it's not new. It, 
was the standard was developed in 2018 and it's called NVMe over TCP. Now, what this does is allows me to use this new language, NVMe, and transport it over the network you and I are talking on right now, the standard TCP IP network. So no, no special tricks in the network. I don't have to create the super highway, but I can connect servers to storage devices over the standard Ethernet network. Now, if we if we look at where storage has been for the last couple of years and where it's heading with this new NVMe over fabric, um, the 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 real challenge with NVMe over TCP is that it's the new kid on the block and the ecosystem isn't there. Mm-hmm. So it's really Linux only today. Um, VMware and uh, Windows Server from Microsoft are catching up. Um, you know, we'll see NVMe over TC support there, you know, in the, probably then, you know, early 2022 timeframe. But today you're very limited if you if you want to go that route. Plus, there's no storage. Now, there are a few boutique storage vendors that support NVMe over TCP today, but the big the big guns, the top tier storage providers don't yet have uh, storage arrays that talk natively NVMe over TCP. Now, that's going to change by the end of this year, but um, and we'll start to see some flow out, but probably a couple of years away before that becomes mainstream. And what happens when NVMe over fabric goes mainstream? Where do we expect customers to land? Well, where we see this going is where it's already been. If you look at the SCSI world today, there are three protocols that people use with SCSI. We've talked about two of them, Fiber Channel and iSCSI. There's another one I didn't talk about, and it's called FCOE. It's Fiber Channel over Ethernet. Now, that was very popular about five years ago. In fact, it's going to take over the whole Fiber Channel world, and Fiber Channel is going to go away. Well, it didn't happen that way. Fiber Channel over Ethernet became a niche player in things like blade systems, where you have a confined environment because FCOE was the same thing. It's Fiber Channel over converged Ethernet. It's that same thing that Rocky's using, right? And, And the problem is it doesn't scale, and it's very complex to set up and maintain. Well, the new world is going to be just like today's SCSI world. You're going to have fiber channel over NVMe being used by the people who use fiber channel today. NVMe over Rocky is going to find a place, but it's going to be a niche place, kind of where FCOE is. Um, not necessarily in blade servers, maybe, but in AI and machine learning. Um, in those kind of environments, you're going to have a small cluster of servers, of high-performance servers that need these huge, large data stores, and they need to be able to access that data and com- compute on that data very, very quickly. So NVMe over Rocky makes a perfect type solution in that kind of uh, you know defined set, but it's not necessarily going to be a wide um, a uh, wide stream type of adoption for NVMe over Rocky, and that leaves us with NVMe over TCP, which is equivalent to iSCSI. That's for the people who want to use their standard Ethernet network to not only have their network traffic but also have their storage traffic. They're very comfortable with an Ethernet environment, and they're going to go with NVMe over TCP. Um, and so, you know, we look at, at all of those uh, three things coexisting. Again, the, the NVMe over fiber channel is going to be in the data center for your mission critical. You know, when the data is the business, that's going to be the protocol people use. 
um, for for the SMB or the smaller, less complex customers, you're going to see NVMe over TCP and NVMe over Rocky will be in some very uh, specific use cases. Where can our listeners find more information if they're interested in learning more? We have a website, Marvell, www.marvell.com slash HPE. Um, that will give you uh, a good overview of all the different products and technologies that we are working with HPE on today. Uh, specific to the uh, fiber channel business that we're in here at Marvell, the other uh, website to go to is www.marvell.com slash QLogic. That will take you to our fiber channel um, adapter um, products page. And there you can learn about all of the cool uh, features and capabilities that we build into our fiber channel connectivity solutions. Todd, I wanted to take the time to thank you for being on today's episode. I thought we had a great conversation today. I look forward to doing a part two, learning more about Fiber Channel and the technology that you and your team are working with. All righty, take care. Thank you for listening to the Marvel Essential Technology Podcast. As always, please feel free to visit our website to learn more, and we'll see you on the next episode.